0: for you. Yeah. The reason I particularly was doing this was because I've never really agreed with how we've divided men and women when it comes to what's strong. So to me, like, this is
1: very encouraging to anyone who doesn't fit in that specific mold. Right. I know what it's like to kind of not particularly fit the jock mold.
0: That to me is not what I've placed value of strength in. It's like beauty and strength are kind of synonymous and I think you need to be surrounded by numerous different walks of life. Otherwise, um, you just will never understand certain
1: aspects of this world.
0: Exactly. I'm definitely surprised by talking with Rizzo. I feel the same way. Being a human being is so much more than being put into a box or a label. You are who you are. So I, I thought it was really interesting that you you had chosen this as our clip of the week. And uh, when you had said it, you had texted me, said, "I think this is our like definitely our clip of the week." And I said, "Yeah, you know, I have a lot of thoughts about this clip. I think we definitely should choose it." Um, I I want to start with your thoughts on this clip of the week since you chose it.
1: Uh, I really I, I appreciated what he had to say. Um, I think straight men are often put into boxes, just like gay men, just like women, and when he mentioned that he didn't fit the jock mold. Uh, and that it took seeing other forms of strength and masculinity for him to kind of figure out who he was, um, it, it, was, it was an interesting shift of perspective because you never really hear straight men talking about the box that they're put in. It's often that it's gay men or women that are talking about the box and thinking outside of the gender norm box that we are all put into just because of how society is. And obviously, Trinity says like it's more than being put into a box or a label. You know, um, it, it's just about people and, and about how how we see people and how humans are humans. I also really appreciated how he how he said that beauty and strength are synonymous. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment, um, but I see what he's saying, and I don't think he eloquently said it. <laughs> I think what what he meant was that through having inner strength you you find beauty and your inner strength comes from authenticity and having a feeling of self and if you are constantly chasing who you are as a man to fit another mold and to please your father and to please your coach and to please the you know the boys on the basketball team or the boys in your class you are not going to be complete you are going to be weak because you are you will be a follower, and there will be nothing authentic coming from yourself. So mm-hmm. I really appreciated what Rizzo was was getting at, and equating it to drag and this idea of like, you know, this shows a different form of strength, and by being around that in the world, you know, people become stronger by seeing other forms of strength and therefore beauty.
0: Right. Yeah, and so well, the reason I wanted you to go first on this is because I I wanted, I kind of, it, similar to like, I guess when we were talking about, I guess it was a couple weeks ago when we were talking about Peppermint at the airport and the issues um, where you were saying, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm wrong. I'm feeling like, like I'm coming at this uh, incorrectly and I need somebody to kind of course correct me or give another perspective on this.
1: Well, my friend, and I wanted to get a, a better argument for Eugene. So. Right,
0: right. And so... In the same vein as that, I wanted another perspective on this scene because even, you know, the three times that I watched it, I – my notes about this clip was that it felt like all right, Mary bait. It felt like (laughs) – I was just like – All right, Mary. (laughs) Yeah, it was like – it felt so – like – it was stuff that we obviously love talking about, and th- and things that we are really interested in talking about, and perspectives that we like to explore, and this idea of the of the gender lines blurring them, and and not having to fit into a certain mold, and what happens when you cross those party and, lines, and, and and
1: and again, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but a straight man presenting
0: yeah, it, of course, of course, and like and and what that implies, and I th- for some reason, and this is this is what I'm building up to is for some reason, all of it felt like i i wrote down it felt like woke porn it felt like hot jock with an open mind from the literal mouths of babes um giving me this like you know, there was something there was something fantasy about it that felt incredibly produced and this is just kind of like i don't i it it was like i didn't expect to have this reaction cuz this is stuff that i love to hear and conversations i'm really interested in and i didn't understand why I just wasn't connecting with this. That whole moment didn't land with me the way that I thought it would, you know?
1: Well, I mean, just as argument's sake, like I picked this one, but every single guy had a moment like this and we'll (laughs) get into this later. But I think that's like a big purpose of this episode and these makeover episodes in general, that the, that the guests that, that the drag Queens have to make over, uh, bring something and a message they bring a message to the table each one of them has a little story that's going to be presented like you take sarge for instance sarge had so much wisdom Mm -hmm. to to give out especially during untucked and you know rizzo i just thought that rizzo's kind of summed up the whole episode in in a nice little box Mm -hmm. uh a nice little tuck, if you will. Yeah, if you will. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, you know, um, I, I
1: don't... So, except for maybe Duncan I don't think had that much airtime, but he he did in, in untucked a little bit. So yeah. For me, for me, it was it was just an example. I, I I don't know why you didn't connect to him. Maybe you were distracted because you didn't like that he was pretty. But uh, you know, well, I took fine. that note.
0: Was, <laughs> I mean, I, and I was like willing to be open with myself. Is like, am I just not listening because he's the pretty one? You know what I mean? Mm,
1: well, Do, you know, I don't know. Duncan was really pretty. I thought Aaron was really pretty. So
0: oh. Any, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, any one of them could have gotten it as yep. far as I'm concerned. Uh, yep. if that, I and, would have
1: I would have made out with and gone on a long walk on the beach with any of them. For any sure.
0: one of them. I would have been happy to get lost in the sand with any one of them. Um, <laughs> Sarge, maybe most of all, but we'll get into that. Um, but anyway. It, will I, we I, get I, into that? <laughs> oh, oh, we will. Um, anyway, so I, I don't bring this up to like contest the point. I, it's, it's not sure. to say I think you're wrong. I get what
1: you're saying. I get what you're saying. And I get why it kind of bothered you. Mm-hmm. But if it's woke porn. You know, bring it on. <laughs>
0: sure. I mean, at the end of the day, like it's not doing any harm. I I'm merely just calling out the fact that, like, wow, I I this should have been right on my alley, Miss Ho, and it, <laughs> like, why wasn't it? And you so brought just,
1: a sweet tooth and everything. I
0: did, but I guess you know my diabetes was just not having it. I just <laughs> I just was like, I can't. I am uh, insulin resistant at this point. So I. Yeah. But I agree that it was a it was. Yes, it was certainly the point of of what this challenge was. And I think there was so much about seeing, because it's something we've seen before on Drag Race, seeing straight men in drag. And it was so different and specific this season than from what we've seen in past makeover challenges and in really positive ways. It was certainly my favorite.
1: Oh, it was so evolved, right? Mm -hmm. It was, the the issues that they were bringing up were different. Different than season six, which was kind of the last time they did this. Right. Um, right and in season six it was uh you know the men getting married to women so it was a little problematic in that sense where it was like okay we're you know having a a straight wedding but under the guise that you know again we went into this you could backlog marys if you want to listen to our season six drag my wedding we both were dreading that episode but we found that it was actually pretty beautiful uh that they were they they were taking gender and and just putting on its head it was fabulous.
0: Right, and I think I think there were certain things we had to, like limits we had to accept, or yeah, um, or, or only certain points of that episode, and those makeovers and those those guests were able to go. That in comparison to this episode, they went so much further, and there were limits. I mean, we- these
1: were family members; these were family members of this community that yeah. RuPaul knows. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I love that aspect of it too, which is yeah. also why I wanted this clip of the week to be picked because. I just thought that the wisdom from these guests was the forefront of this episode. RuPaul even said, like, I think this is going to be my favorite challenge.
0: Yeah. And you know, usually in the past, the guests, you know, are, are a bit of a distraction from the main story or they don't really, they, they're not what I'm most interested in, but I was so invested in each of them. uh, This episode. Um, and, and, And of course, because they, they know, they know what these Queens are doing. They know how hard they're working. They're a part of this whole process. and, um, they they don't feel like outsiders in the ways that others
1: have. Right, right. They're not just kind of crashing the party, in a sense. Right, right, right. It's not like all... a Project Runway episode where they have somebody walk in and off the street and they dress them, and they don't know the drama that's going on. Like, I really feel like Aaron knew how sensitive he needed to be with Nina.
0: Yeah, exactly. Which was that...
1: beautiful. It was absolutely yeah. beautiful hearing him try to talk to her and try to mm-hmm. get, get into her head. It was really a, such a beautiful touching moment where you have these two men connecting Mm -hmm. on a very very intimate emotional level where he's like what's going through your head and those are conversations that you don't see straight two straight men having let alone a straight man and a gay man having on television
0: yeah yeah and and that the conversation was had Without that context, like at no point when they were talking, was I like, oh, well, Aaron's straight and and Nina's gay. And it was just like, these were two human beings who were like, I know where you are. I know what you're dealing with. I can see you. Do you see me? I see you. Uh, And that, that felt really, yeah, that was a, I I mean, we'll talk about that relationship, you know, as that that developed as we go through the episode. But that was a really, um, I think an important relationship to see on the show and an important relationship for Nina to have, especially on this last episode for her.
1: uh just anyway we should tell our mary's what they're listening to
0: well if they haven't figured it out at this point it's all right it's another (laughs) it's another episode of all right mary
1: (laughs) all right mary
0: all right mary which is our podcast dedicated to all things drag race the world of drag race and the paradigm that rupaul has created with this little tv show and today we are continuing our recap of season nine with makeovers crew better work
1: Oh, it. you knew it. the name I, of the episode, Colin. I'm Johnny, and you are Colin, and I'm very I keep, impressed.
0: <laughs> I keep forgetting we have to like give give people our names because I just I'm like oh, I got the title, I got the title. I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna lose it. I'm like a goldfish with these titles. So uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's granted. At the same time, like I know when people reference us and what we've said. You know, uh, people constantly get us mixed up. Like, it's fine. Like, we don't care. But it is important to introduce ourselves so that people kind of get used to who's talking and when. Right. Uh, So, anyway. I'm Johnny, the annoying one. (laughs) Right.
0: And I'm Colin, you know, the one you listen to and you tune in for each week. Uh (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mary? Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Uh, Anyway... (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah anyway 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 anyway, (laughs) um so i think that we should we should dive right in um because i this episode you know we were talking about this before we started recording that both of us had kind of less notes on like the actual things that were happening in the episode versus like the themes that were being brought up versus like the, right. the ideas that were being explored. So
1: we were kind of just watching the episode kind of play out. Cause we were like, all right, well we know who's, we know what's going to happen. Right. We know what's going to happen. They're just, you know, and so actually, it was the themes that I was listening for the most because I was like, okay, what's the point of this episode, RuPaul? Like, well, how are you going to spin this?
2: Right. And right. And the,
1: the the closer I looked, and the harder I listened, and looked between the lines, you know, I always appreciate more than I always think going in with these episodes, and you know, sh- these these guests were important to have, so I was happy. Yeah. Have, happy. Yeah.
0: I mean, and in terms of like how things shook out with Nina, I mean, besides kind of getting the tea from Reddit, and besides the fact that, and Reddit people who are on the subreddit know that uh, Logo TV, uh, you know, they done fucked up Drag Race. They like, because they, they do like a makeover Monday with the eliminated queen uh, after each episode. And they had like, someone had accidentally posted, you know, on Friday, the makeover Monday of Nina painting on like a bunny. And it was just like, okay, well,
1: Nina's going home.
0: Guess Nina's going home. But I mean, even if, even if I didn't have all of those spoilers, it felt very clear to me that this episode was, I mean, from the jump, Nina, like she's officially defeated from the start. And I just thought there's no coming back from this, from where she's at, you know, like she's, she's gone too far into her head and into her. Uh, her doubts, and into what we really learn about in this episode, her depression. You know?
1: Um, yeah. I, I mean, I also think that Nina as a, as an introvert, as like a, an artist, you know, this is a very hard format for her. And I, I will, I'll get into this in Untucked, but she didn't have any time to like, be quiet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she... And the
1: Queens, the, and I'll talk about this in, in probably two minutes, but the Queens certainly didn't help that.
0: No, well, you know, I think that it was interesting when they got back in the workroom after Valentina was eliminated. Okay,
1: let's go into it. Let's get into it, Mary. Because I think yeah. that's,
0: yeah, I mean, let's go right into it. I'm mean, You know, Nina, they're all kind of like, oh, well, you know, you really, you brought a show. You did great. They're all cheering for her. And oh, so, huh. right? And it's like, that's it the It was last way thing.
1: too much. It was yeah. the last thing she needed.
0: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because Nina says it in her talking head. She's like, this is not like a happy moment for me. Like, Right. I was just in the bottom. I feel responsible for Valentina going home. I think Nina kind of knew that, like, Valentina was doing really well up until the point where they had to work together. She feels responsible. I mean, yeah. Regardless of the fact I, that, like, you know, Valentina lost that lip sync all on her own with a mask, you know.
1: But it felt like they were they were they were cheering on the the special kid in the class or the, the odd yeah. one out. You know what I mean? And I yep. say that with with fuzzy warm gloves but mm-hmm. hopefully you understand what i mean like there's always the kid in the class who maybe just doesn't perform as well or is scared or in, maybe in gym class it's the overweight person you know getting through the tire exercise and yeah. it's just a, it, it's 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 placating it's it's not fair right it's, it right. doesn't it does not feel good you know yeah, when it, when you know when you know you failed right it's very
0: patronizing and that's the you, word yeah, and it's... Well, and it, it's just its very interesting because, you know, they, they cut to, of course, you know, Peppermint ultimately just being, like, done. Like, I'm done trying to lift you up. I'm done, like, telling you you did a good job when you did a good job. And what's interesting about all of this is... And I, you know, again, like this is, I, I'm seeing such a different perspective on Nina than I was seeing in past episodes. I had so much more compassion for her this episode because I could recognize Nina isn't asking for any of this. No,
1: and she says it and she says it. She, like, Nina was complaining. She was like, oh, the negative one's still here. I mm-hmm. still feel bad. And then she was saying, I'm not asking for people to pick me up. I'm yeah. not asking them for, to make me feel better. She's just expressing herself because she has to because it's a tv show and they're like what are you thinking about so she's just expressing and this brought brought on a whole kind of new kind of perspective you know and i understand a lot of the fans and especially our marys are just sick of nina and i get it right it was her Mm -hmm. time to go it's right and here's where i go to get to that point of it's nina's time to go right so you have these season nine girls that are literally making Nina's struggle, their project. They wanna save Nina. They Mm -hmm. wanna help her, they wanna be nice, they wanna bring her up. Um, Their failure is marked then with contempt for Nina. When, oh, why won't she listen to us? We're trying to help. We're amazing people. This isn't working. And all yeah. I have to say is that no one can be saved if they don't want to be saved. No, no one can be saved from themselves. The only person that can help Nina is her. And yeah. maybe, you know, antidepressant drugs if you believe in those. So, they're literally trying to save someone from drowning who doesn't know how to swim, and yet they still push her back into the water after they come to her rescue. So they either getting, yeah. need Yeah, they either need to <clears> learn <throat> how to they, she either needs to, like, learn how to swim on her own or be pulled out of the water altogether. And so for me, I kind of agree with what Trinity said. She's like, I'm over it. She needs to go home. And she's right. They need to move on.org and they because yep. they can't help her. They need to pull her out of the water. She's done. She's yeah. done. She needs to learn how to swim.
0: I think, that, I think that Trinity's point of view was really, I mean, I think, I don't want to say the right place to go, but probably the most measured place to go where it's like, okay, like, listen... You still support Nina, but like, yeah. we are in this context of this competition, we need to move on. We need to move on, and if you're not going to be able to keep up, then you need to go home. That's just how this works,
1: right? You right. know, it's not, yeah. it's not personal.
0: It's not personal, and I think I don't that,
1: think Nina would take it personally anymore at this.
0: Point. No, no. I mean, I really think at this point, it's uh, th- that's what it just comes down to. Is like in this situation, like, guys, this is how this works, and I think what we're seeing from Sasha, from Alexis, from Peppermint as you're saying is it's they're frustrated because they're of the, of the feelings they have about not being able to help Nina and they're making it about them. And
1: yeah, they are making it about them. They're making, and this goes back and I'd love to bring up his email, but this goes back to what sister Mary Jonathan was saying in his email that it's this season, season nine, it's no longer about catfights and, and these mm-hmm. epic, you know rivalries it's internal struggles that are that are pushed to the forefront here that's what we're seeing and these season 9 girls are are making it about them and mm-hmm. it's 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 actually just not the case it's we're literally watching Nina fight herself instead yeah. of everybody else
0: yeah yeah it's really and and it's something we see throughout the episode is is Nina just she she's just coming up against these roadblocks that she's like she just can't push through and i think that she I think that she attempts to with this idea of, okay, I'm going to sew these new new looks, and even though I don't know how to sew, and uh, she attempts to in, uh, I think, just trying to, I mean, she says it like trying to just like find a way to feel happier so that she'll look happier, you know? And it's like, well, that's not not the idea either. Like, that's not the point either. And it's, um, that's really how I felt this episode. You know, again, knowing that Nina was going to go home, I felt like I'm just watching the car roll into the ditch and I just am hoping mm. that it rolls in with minimal damage, you know? Right.
1: Right. And you know what? It did. It did.
0: Absolutely. It did. Um, so, so we get to the next day of the workroom and you know, they waste no time makeover challenges announced. And I, I, I felt- will say this. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I just felt like this was so season nine, it was so meta to have the crew of the show um, oh, wow. be the, the, you know, in this theme of meta season nine. And when they mm-hmm. cut to seeing the shot of like the crew behind the scenes mm-hmm. filming, it was like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, and even if that was slightly staged, it was like, oh my God, is that what it looks like? Wow. Yeah, right.
1: right. It was kind of cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, you know, in Untucked even, they, they, they broke the fourth wall and started pointing at Yep. The camera crew, which I thought was really funny. You know, when this, uh, this challenge was announced, I mean, uh, this is the seventh time that they've done this. And I think it's worth kind of going through the, the past ones with our Marys. Season three had jocks and frocks, mm-hmm. which was these, you know, very straight, big, bulky men um, mm-hmm. that, you know, that they made over. Um, season four was dilfs. Um, so it was all these dads. Um, and Fifi won that one, if you Mm -hmm. remember. Um, Mm -hmm. and they were pregnant. I think you reminded me earlier that it was Latrice who was in the bottom when she was pregnant and it was the famous lip sync. Exactly. Um, and then season five was super troopers. It was the gay servicemen. That's when Jinx won with, um, her lovely, uh, service member that had HIV and had trouble walking.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: season six was drag my wedding and I believe Bianca won. Yes, Bianca yeah, won that. And one. then, uh, and then, season eight was uh, it was Little Women when they made over the Little Women with the Wizards of Drag. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of counted that. And then, um, All Stars two, they made over their family members.
0: Right. Well, and then in season seven, they they made over past contestants.
1: Yeah, I didn't really count that because mm-hmm. it was their drag queens that they're making. Over. Sure. And
0: uh, wasn't there one in season two? I always remember season two with like Raven carrying her little uh uh drag mother or whatever because yeah because I remember Tyra yeah there was one in season 2 as well
1: oh what was it
0: uh, well cuz th- I just remember the storyline I don't remember what the theme was I mean, it was older it gay up. men um but I remember that the real takeaway from season 2 is that we got to see the softer side of Raven in her relationship with this drag mother it was very it was very sweet um but um, I'm, I'm not remembering the one
1: uh let's see here Snatch game. Here comes the bride? Was that? No.
0: No, no. It was um, probably after Not
1: actress, that. Uh, satellite. No, Once Upon a Queen. Golden Gals? I
0: think it must have been. Oh, Gals.
1: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The main challenge consisted of the girls taking older gay men and transforming them into their drag mothers. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot about this. Chloris Leachman and Demi Reynolds. We're yes.
0: judges.
1: Uh-huh, yeah. Oh, wow. And then um, Raven won. You're absolutely right. The bottom oh. two was Jujubee and Pandora, and that's when Pandora went home. <gasps> Shake Your that's Love, Debbie Gibson. Right. <gasps> oh, my God. Which at
0: the time was considered like, you know, in sort of like an Entertainment Weekly roundup, like one of the most controversial moments on reality TV was Pandora going home because she was oh. such a fan favorite. But I mean, yeah. you know, you watch that lip sync. It's very clear that Jujubee won. So. Jujubee.
1: B for exactly. sure. Exactly, yeah. Because she, d- well, she. Anyway, did- <laughs> those? Yeah.
0: Go ahead. Oh, no, she, she did this little, like, keyboard miming thing that, like, won her the lip sync. And as much as I hate air instruments, I'm going to give it to Juju B because it was good.
1: <laughs> All right, Mary. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a guitar, oh, so... <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a saxophone. Oh, God help her. Oh God. oh, God help her. You know, so anyway, so I wanted to kind of go through those just to kind of keep us in check and maybe... Um, uh, later in the episode, I'm definitely going to reference one of them. Um, so if you have any others that are um, that we think about from this episode, we should uh, go back. Yeah, so-, um, so yeah, so they're paired up um, with all of them. And I the first first note I wrote down, Colin, was that I'd, I'd make out with all of them. like we said oh, this before. but they are all so sweet and all so attractive. Yeah. I I, did the, I mean were they TV ready? Is that how they picked these people? I am just like what the hell?
0: I don't know cuz I they were they were men of all different types and sizes and looks and colors and I was like all, the whole box of crayons can come on over and mm. f- fill out my color by numbers. You know what I'm saying, sure, Mary? Sure, yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah.
2: Well <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my color, my numbers, all right, Mary.
0: <laughs> yeah, they were they were all just yeah,
1: fantastic. Mm. You know, and, and, and I, I know love, who you love. You love Sarge. So.
0: I love Sarge. Oh my God, Sarge, Like yeah. as Ross Matthews would say, he was hitting every note for me. Sarge is <laughs> completely and totally my type. Oh, he was just like charming and. Uh, sweet and you know had an interesting interesting character. There's something, there's something about him. I mean, Rizzo's great, and I wouldn't kick him out of bed for eating a Cliff Bar, but like, you know, <laughs> I know what I really want.
1: So yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I was uh, partial to Duncan uh, oh, and Sarge, yeah. but Duncan there was this like kind of meanness about Duncan where I was like, hmm. I know I know. I, <laughs> I want to see I, you like. I want to see you be mean behind the wheel, you know? Right.
0: Well, I just felt like Duncan. I would just spend my whole life trying to please him. And I was like, oh, God, no, I can't do that anymore. Like, no, like, I just, I, I would just want to make Duncan soften and and uh, harden, if you know what I mean. You want to make, oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> all right,
1: Mary. Shit. All right, Mary. I was, yeah. was going to go with, uh, you know, make Duncan chic, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, all right, uh, Mary. All right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, we're here all night. We're here all night. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. Two dads, two dads checking it out. You know? Yeah, two dads
0: <laughs> passing the mic, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, I, um, you know, what I did think was interesting, the, 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 the pairing up of the queens with, with each crew member. I mean, if you compare this to some of the past seasons, like, especially like season three, it's like, it was so fair and balanced and there was no shade. As Shay said, there yeah. were no shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And I thought all of them were perfect, like really good choices for each one of them.
1: Yeah. No, they all it all worked out very well. And you know what? To be honest with you, it worked out too well. So,
0: oh, all right. Yeah. You think that the transformations were too easy? uh, It was kind of like
1: it was kind of like, let's make let's put to the forefront who these people are, as opposed to let's let's throw a ringer in there, you know? Right,
0: right. Okay. All right. That's an interesting idea. Um, like, I, I don't I just... think
1: that they wanted to make this difficult for the queens because they just wanted it to be safe and easy and promote the, the, the mission statement uh, that RuPaul was promoting with this episode, which yeah. was that gender puts us in a box.
0: I see. Yeah, no, I see what you mean. It's like, let's focus. Because they're all
1: wonderful hands. souls. You know what I mean? Yeah. All of them were, like, there was nobody that didn't want to do it. You know what I mean? Like, they were all mm-hmm. lovely, lovely people. Lovely people. Right.
0: Yeah, I know that makes sense. And I guess there's something about the fact that it's like that they do have crew members involved. Like they're kind of Yeah, there was something about it where they they wanted the transformations to go well, you know. Yeah. Um right.
2: Yeah. So, and they you did. know, uh,
0: they did. I mean, all of them were I mean, you know, we'll get into it, but like none of them were train wrecks. None of them were like, you know, none of them were Jaden your Fierce and, you know, Tempest du jour. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Oh, shit. Uh, that, well, I, mean, I mean that was in and in, in, in your words, the the Gremlin from Gremlins Two, the, the female <laughs> yeah, Gremlin. That's right. Oh, oh, poor, guy. Poor, oh that poor guy. Poor random. You know, oh.
0: there was there were great uh, like, a couple of memes floating around on the subreddit of like when valentina with the mask that when she took the mask off it was brendan's face <laughs> as the pride and it was just <laughs> i just thought that was so fabulous
1: <laughs> it's crazy. Cruel. That's
0: cruel. That's yeah, I know, I know, I know. Oh,
1: um, he was such a sweet man. Oh, you know, anyway. he was,
0: we, we really discovered what he, yeah. I think when we did yeah. our recap, we were like, oh, okay. He's not as, you know, he's not as bad as we thought.
1: Um, okay, so, so, so we're getting off track. We're working yeah. here. Um, Nina decides to sew. And for me, this was a surprise. It just showed that she had some life in her, that she, like, heard the judges. She's like, I need to do something new. And, of course, she couldn't, which was I sad. Know. But like, she literally yeah. couldn't, she tried, she asked for help, like she tried, and it just didn't work. Oh, God, it's yeah,
0: I know, it was really, it me too, it was really sad, I mean, I appreciated that she made the effort, she's like, okay, I'm gonna try to do something, I'm gonna try to like, I'm not gonna just, you know, phone it in, and, you know, I, yeah, oh, it was just, it was tough to watch her this episode, because I just, I could just sense that like, nothing was working, you know? Mm-hmm. Um You know, I, other notes I had, you know, before we kind of get into like Rue visiting with the Queens is, I I know this is problematic, but every time that I would hear Shay say the Kool-Aid brand, I would hear Kool-Aid brand so <laughs> i just couldn't not hear it um <laughs> like the first time she said it, i was like what do you mean kool-aid brand hey, <laughs> hey. yeah exactly hey. just you're <laughs> like like crashing through somebody's living room wall or yeah. breaking
1: through the breaking through the workroom wall hey right right i came here to
0: slay yeah, <laughs> hey, <Kool-Aid. laughs>
1: yeah.
0: All right, so Rue has stopped by the workroom to visit with the queens, and he starts by visiting with Alexis and Brady. Um, right. And, you who, know,
1: who can get it, by the way.
0: Uh, absolutely, absolutely. His, his girlfriend is a very lucky woman. Um, you know, this was an interesting conversation. I think that there was... I did what I, and maybe they edited edited it out, but like there was no real sense of like connecting with Alexis in this moment. There was kind of like the sort of like standard, well, you were in the bottom three last week. What are you going to do about it? And Alexis was like, yeah, I really don't want to be, so I'm going to try to bring it. Um, But there was no, like, there was really no connection. I didn't really get anything other than like Rue was clearly coming there to speak about drag in a certain way. Yes,
1: absolutely. And of course, the first question he asks is right on brand with RuPaul And this idea that when when you are in drag, whether you're a man or a woman or cis or trans or whatever, but when you go into drag, different personality traits that you weren't able to connect with or uh, or uh, find um, before uh, start to emerge. And so, of course, he says what personality traits emerged and, you know, he goes into it. Um, uh, and saying you know his sass and and whatever uh, yeah I, I, this just is is right on brand drag reveals who you are um, mm-hmm. is what he says and he says it didn't occur to me that I could use uh, RuPaul says I, it didn't occur to me that I could utilize that in other parts of my life it's just worth mentioning mm-hmm. um, that th- that he is driving this aspect home to in this very important episode so.
0: yeah yeah i always you know with that kind of idea i it always takes me again I've, I've mentioned this a thousand times on this podcast but it always makes me think of bendela creme and the way that he used drag and the way that ben mm. used bendela as a way to access parts of himself and to right heal parts of himself and then realizing oh i could then take bendela and apply that to ben
1: um yeah i mean yeah. i see that i see that in jinx mm-hmm. i see that in Sharon needles Mm-hmm. for sure yeah that drag became and even Trixie Mattel that drag becomes just a, a vehicle right I, I mean I liked what he said he he certainly I don't know if this was fed to him but he starts to see different aspects of drag by working on the show right like fish and comedy mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was cool that you know he he was just kind of highlighting that that he, that's something he's learning about and that reminded me of the SNL episode where there were the straight men talking and uh, mentioning all the different drag terms, which is really cute.
0: Right. Yeah, no, this felt like there was a similar, uh, a similar energy here of just kind of like, you know, bro, straight guy. He was like, yeah, this is cool. I'm learning about this. Like, it was, yeah, it was yeah. very endearing. Um, yeah. So then uh, Rue meets up with Sasha and Duncan. And I mean, my biggest takeaway from this, of course, was Duncan talking about his son.
1: Oh my God. Yes. And that. Yes. And Rue Paul being like, it's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the son giving him pointers on how to walk in the heels. What a beautiful thing to share. Yeah, well, television.
0: you know, I have to say I definitely got caught up when Rue said if I had a daddy who was brave enough to use all the colors in the crayon box, that would have been life changing. And I thought, uh, well, if you're not speaking for a whole bunch of little gay boys right now, uh, I don't know who uh, it is. Right? I
1: know. What a beautiful, beautiful platform. Yeah, uh, you
0: know, I mean, as, as a little gay boy who liked to play dress up and like to play with girls toys, you know, it's not like my parents were, they didn't shut it down in like a really aggressive way, but they, they didn't know what to do with it and they didn't understand it and had to kind of like, they didn't feel safe enough to just allow it. And neither did, you know, the preschool teacher who was like, Hey, you know, Colin's been playing in the dress up box every day. Like no one knew what to do about it. And I think there was, it was, this, it was, it was
1: seen as a problem. Well, which is yeah. Crazy.
0: Like what, if we just let this happen, what's going to, how is this going to play out? And, you know, I will say this, this is not so much about myself, but I think for so many of us who play dress up as, as kids, you know, my, my, my mom eventually did speak with uh, a child psychologist, you know, and, or as a, someone that she had worked with who also does family therapy. And the feedback that he gave her was that, you know, little boys and girls who, who do this, who, who don't prescribe to certain gender boundaries of toys and they want to explore this and, and you know, that girls do and this that boys do and they, they don't worry about what boys or girls are allowed to do. He said, it, that's not necessarily a sign of some sort of gender confusion. It's primarily a sign of intelligence. It's a sign mm. of willingness to explore.
1: If you do say so yourself. If I
0: do say so, and I know, I realize I'm, I'm flopping <laughs> myself here, but I say that really for All right, any, Mary. But, I, you know, but I say that to anybody who's, who's gotten the message that, that this is there's something wrong with you is like just hearing that was very healing for me that like that perspective could be brought in that it's like, Oh, this wasn't a sign that there was something wrong with you. Like, what if this was positive? And so I think I see that in like Duncan and his sort of response to his son that like, Oh, this is this beautiful thing that my kid does and it's fun.
1: Right. Right. You know, it's interesting because my mom and my sister certainly encouraged me dressing up. I mean, I have, videos of me dancing to Starlight as Madonna at mm-hmm. like three, three years old, uh, which is horrifying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, my dad was violently against it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have memories of him screaming and yelling about it uh, wow. to the point where he, where he snatched a Barbie doll out of my hand. Wow. So like it, it, can, it can certainly strain a relationship with a parent. Um, and if, if there's any reason to not do it, for a parent out there, that I think that's number one. It's like they will no longer trust you.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, exactly. You know? Exactly. It's like having to recognize that if for a parent to freak out in that moment it says so much more about the parent than it does about the child. Absolutely. And, and is about the parent and not the child.
1: Right. You know what I also loved about Duncan was um, that he also still kind of remained a dad where he was giving mm. advice just stay out of your own head, which is the best advice. Yeah, for any, oh. For anybody in reality television. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in some ways it makes you
0: think, man, if Duncan and Nina were paired together, wouldn't that have been interesting? You know, oh, like...
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know what would happen.
0: I don't know. Yeah. I don't think that Nina would have been able to hear it. I think that Aaron was the right no. energy for her. But, right, right. But, you know, right. I, yeah, I, I don't think it would have been a different outcome, certainly. Yeah.
1: So they move over to Peppermint and Wintergreen or Peppermint and Sarge. Um, oh. And, you know, they... I guess uh, RuPaul highlights kind of the connection that they have mm-hmm. um, and then starts asking about his background and how he used to be in the military. Um, and it was it was beautiful um, when he said that he was flattered to document the lives of the queens here, Yeah, uh, which is a very powerful thing to hear from someone that also used to work in the military.
0: Right, right. Well, you know, they they talk about, Rue would say, like, I'll, uh, there's moments where he'd look over at Sarge and there was just this intellect and this, like, fun energy. And I thought, well, that's what's so perfect about Sarge and Peppermint together is that they both have this you look at them and there's a oh my warm... god when
1: you say sergeant peppermint it sounds like Peppers. <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> the Beatles,
0: yeah totally sergeant peppermint yeah sergeant pepper <laughs> <laughs> Peppin' sarge yeah off the chain yeah that's i didn't even realize that that's great that's there you so go. perfect there you go, um yeah but you know the two of them they were such a perfect pairing obviously visually they're very different they're different heights different colors all that but like they both have this you look at them and you can feel this warmth you can sense this openness Mm -hmm. and I thought Mm -hmm. that uh, that they worked so well as drag sisters because of that Um, and I'm just obviously so in love with the both of them I was like ugh This, this, these two queens for all-stars, please bring them back. Sure. Bring, back sure. girls, you know? bring back my girls.
1: Bring back my girls. Oh, uh, man. It, it's, it's, you know, it's important to note that we didn't see the winner and we didn't see the two people on the bottom with RuPaul.
0: That's true. That is really interesting. You know, we talked about that, I think, with the roast where it was like so obvious who Ru was meeting with. And this one was yeah. like, so, you know, was the other three who really were not. Right. The focus, yeah. You
1: know, granted, we did see more of Trinity and Nina and even Shay uh, mm-hmm. away from RuPaul. I mean, we focused on them mainly. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just thought that was interesting that, you know, they kind of used RuPaul's speeches with these gentlemen as the as the the driving force here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it goes to your point of, like, what, what was the goal of the episode? Like, what were they trying to push? Were they trying to push elements of the competition or a message, I, and, and yeah, this was certainly more of a message, yeah. Um, I did want to say that as they were all kind of working in the, in the workroom and rehearsing and whatnot, Sasha in that dress, I was living for Sasha in that big black dress.
1: Oh, sure. I, just, yes. I was
0: just like, oh, God, I, I wish I could pull that off. I, I could <laughs> never...
1: Hey, don't give up your dreams, Mary. No,
0: I, you know, I, I know what dreams are, are best kept to myself and which dreams are best brought out to the world. And I think me in a dress is best with me at home with Marco. You know? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, yeah. Mary. All right, Mary. Um,
1: um, so uh, do you have, what, what else do you have before the runway? The runway, obviously we talked about Rizzo um, challenging gender norms. Um, we also, there's also the Aaron and Nina connection. Yeah, I mean, that's um, and then the Trinity and Rizzo. Okay, so there are a couple things that I want to talk about, but go ahead.
0: No, I mean I had you know a, a lot of what we what my notes were about Trinity and Rizzo. We talked about at the top of the episode. Um, so I mean, if there are other things you want to talk about with them, certainly let's, do, oh, let's dive. in no,
1: no, I'm good. I'm good on them. There's mm-hmm. other things I want to mention. Uh, I'll just start with Trinity um, tucking Rizzo. Um, you know, it was it was a very motherly thing. It was kind of a beautiful moment and very comedic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember um, from Jonathan, Sister Mary Jonathan's email, by the way, oh my God, Jonathan, thank you so much for that email. Oh, uh, girl. We, we I mean, like, I was just like, wow. And yeah. we'll mention uh, one of your amazing points towards the end of this podcast, but one of the points that he made was that um, Trinity was very mom, that mm-hmm. she kind of took, came off as very maternal throughout the season and and very much in this moment when he was tucking Rizzo with the tape, like, here we go, yeah. come on. And, you know what? I will say this. It's happened before. Uh, Coco Montrese did the same thing when she taped um, her guy Steve uh, right. in her episode. She taped him with this leopard tape um, and she said it. She's like, do I have to come back there and put it back for you? Right, um, right. And, 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 you know, the ball kept popping out. Like it was the same really adorable drag mother moment. Uh, right. And so, you know, again, uh, four seasons later, we see it. Uh, and it, it's a, it is a beautiful moment.
0: Well, you know what I, what I liked about Jonathan's email, like the point that he made, was was there's there's this drag mother quality, which I have really enjoyed with Trinity. But there's also this wise babysitter quality right,
1: to Trinity. Right, wise babysitter. I like that more than the mom. Yeah, you know?
0: I think that's even more spot on because Trinity, she is she is wise babysitter. She, I mean, she has. She'll she,
1: let you break the rules every now and then. Of course, you know, she will she'll give you a cookie. And yeah, she'll break the rules herself and say, "Shh,"
0: you know. Right, 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 right. Totally. But at the end of the day, you know. You're done, and she's gonna tell you why you're done, you know? <laughs> <laughs> she will call shade, you know. I just <laughs> And and what I love about Trinity is that, like, you know, it's interesting that it makes me think about the very first episode where Trinity says she's a pageant girl, but she's not one of the mean ones, and Eureka says, Well, lies. Trinity is not mean. She's not mean. She
1: really She isn't. reminds me she reminds me of the witch from The Into the Woods, right? There's that really famous line from The Last Midnight. Go with me here, Marys. Right, if you're Mary. not musical theater, I'll just spell it out for you. So there's this line in The Last Midnight that she sings and she says, "I um I'm not good, I'm not bad, I'm just right. I'm the witch, you're the world because she tells the truth." Yeah. All the other ones, they're liars, they're thieves. You know, they all are all distracted by these worldly kind of distractions where she sees the truth and that's all she ever is and all she can ever give. And so for me, Trinity's the witch.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's such a good way to put it that she's not. she's not you know, she, she's just right, you know? And I mean, mm-hmm. when you look at contestants in this competition, Trinity is the most driven to win, but without any cutthroat, like she just, she is there to win. And, you know, and you hear it in the way that she talks about, it. she's like, I haven't won in a couple of weeks. I need to win another challenge. Other Queens right. are just trying to keep their head above water. And she's like, no, I'm looking to like hop on a yacht here, you know, and sail away. And, yeah. and there's a, there's a real quiet confidence about that where she just, she knows where she is and she knows sure. how sure. to deal with a competition. It's, and I think that's why she's wise babysitter is like this whole context of being in a competition. She's like, Oh, I know how to do this. I know what mm. this feels like. I know how to handle this pressure pressure. Yeah. And, and we really see the fruits of that, that she knows how to handle the situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the other conversation I wanted to bring up was the one where Aaron was really trying to get to Nina. And again, it was a beautiful moment seeing, mm-hmm. seeing two men on television uh, speaking about emotions and speaking about what's going on in their head. And I, I just have to say that Nina, she's speaking about it very soberly. Yeah. She is completely aware she knows what's up and mm-hmm. she knows she can't help it. She's, she's a completely powerless to it. And yeah. that's what I think is the saddest part is that Nina knows exactly what's happening and she can't do anything about it. And it breaks my heart.
0: Yeah, well, you know, this is... And it broke
1: Aaron's heart too.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is really the first time we hear, and it's Nina self-categorizing, like, that this is depression and that she's struggling with depression. And, you know, that context for me, I was just like, oh, God, like, you know, we've all been there to whatever extent. I certainly know depression. And it's like, oh, yeah, like, you you know you're tied to a boulder at the bottom of the ocean. You're aware. And if you could break the chain and swim to the surface, you fucking do it already, you know? Like, that's right. not what this is about. And it's so challenging and so painful to know exactly what the problem is and that you just don't know how to get out of it. And You know,
1: my, my voice teacher in college gave me this, this weird technique that she picked up somewhere because I was struggling with depression in college. And um, she told me She's like, John, you just have to remember that depression is temporary. And the technique that she gave me, she says, wear a rubber band around your wrist. And as a reminder, snap the rubber band on your wrist.
2: Mm, And that will remind you
1: that that it's temporary. Um, And that you can't do anything about it. You have to sit with your emotion and Mm -hmm. realize that it will pass. It will pass.
0: Yeah, well, you know, what's interesting. Is uh, I watched the Watcher Packin with Michelle, and you know, it, it, I loved me, his
1: beard. Oh my the, uh, god! Did I yeah, love
0: his beard. yeah, oh. I know.
1: Well, he oh, looks so sexy.
0: All of them in Watcher Packin have been. <laughs> oh my so, god! They all he look great. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I was like oh, Nina. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Ooh, Nina. <laughs> Ooh, Nina. this
0: week was just it, I was I was like swimming in, in <laughs> fantasies. Um, but Nina talks about in what Your are packing. You know, they they talk about uh, and, and maybe it wasn't what you're packing. Maybe it was the uh, an interview that he did with Vice, where I think yeah, I think that's where I'd read this was that the interviewer was like, well, you know, have you considered like going to therapy and like dealing with this? And Nina's in that place of like, I just, uh, yeah, I probably should. I just feel like by doing therapy, I'm admitting that I'm, does that mean I'm crazy? That mean there's something wrong with me? That's that awful wall that people hit where they think, oh, if I do therapy, then that means there's something wrong with me. It's like, no, like it's, it's this awful trick that your mind plays on you that the, the exact way out is seen as the biggest defeat, you know, and is seen as mm-hmm. like the, you know, I mean, we talked about, we joked about poltergeist last week. It's like, it's all about like not going towards the light, you know, it's like, no, you like, Carol Ann, like, you got to go, go towards the don't light.
1: Farah. no. <laughs> yeah, no.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's it was it was hard to see that Nina is certainly still struggling with a lot of this and and I really hope that something can break through for her because she's at this point in her career and her life right now where it's like this is it. This is the moment for you to like seize on on everything that's being handed to you and like it, it would be such a shame to see all of it slip away because she just couldn't embrace what's what's being offered to her, you know?
1: I mean, you know, at the end of the episode, or maybe it was Untucked, and they were kind of going through all of her looks, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow, these were brilliant. Yeah, yeah. These were brilliant. The peach, the uh, the Lady Gaga looks. I mean, mm-hmm. I... It was... she She brought something so new to Drag Race... Yeah, and I. Uh, one day she will see it. And I, I hope so. I I, I, I hope so.
0: Yeah, least. yeah. Well, let's let's switch gears. Let's talk about the runway. Let's uh, looks 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 looks, yeah. looks. Including Rue looking fucking fabulous. I mean, that oh, gown. I said
1: this is, the, this is the best she's ever looked. Yeah, best she's ever looked. I mean, uh, I, on the on season, yeah,
0: yeah. I love that gown. I I love the concept of that. It it said all these different you know phrases of hers in Japanese
1: in Japanese yeah yeah
0: (laughs) it was uh I thought she looked fabulous and I wanted
1: him to be like no in Korean (laughs) right yeah it's like what do you think yeah uh
0: (laughs) so I also obviously loved Ross's little like leg gag I thought that was very cute and oh sure yeah Yeah. of course because you know Ross is just you know with much like Peppermint and Sarge and Sergeant Peppermint uh he's just somebody I'm always (laughs) welcoming an energy of so,
1: sure. let's talk, so, about yeah, so talk about these looks. Yeah, we could talk about these looks. You know, I, I have to say that the, the, the top for me, the top for me was, uh, was Sasha and Donatella Valore. I mean, I thought that the concept was so strong. Yeah. And it was so thorough. Mm-hmm. And it was so well planned. And it looked the most polished. Now, I, I have to say, second was Trinity and Lidofa Day's. Um, and they had the reveal, and there was the tuck. But for me, there was just something so much, so much more elevated about Sasha's uh, and, and Donatella's. It was just elevated, and maybe it's because it's me and it's my type of drag. Mm-hmm. I just loved it. I loved it so much. And 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 when I found out that Sasha didn't win, I was I was really disappointed. Um, yeah. Trinity, I thought did great. Trinity did the challenge, and there was a reveal, and it was great. But I thought that Sasha kept it. So on brand yeah and and it was so smart oh yeah God, it was so smart
0: I agree I was very surprised that Trinity won that that to me felt more like a storyline push than um you know than who should have won sasha's the yeah the, the look was fantastic I think they're uh, they worked well together on stage the routine was good i I yeah. think you know and I think in particular you know Sasha really accomplished what she really accomplished was taking this this very sort of you know, as she said, like classic, you know, masculine features. And she found a way to work with them and yeah. I mean, using the hair and the makeup and the, and the outfit, she found a way to make all of that still work. And, uh, I mean, With a concept
1: on top of it and a whole storyline. Yeah. It was so brilliant.
0: Yeah. I thought that Trinity and Glidify. That's mean, rare. Was- yeah, exactly. I thought that, I thought that Trinity's was a little trashy. I think that Trinity does trashy really well. So it's not yeah. a dig. Um, but I, I yeah, no, I, I agree with you completely. I think Sasha and Donatella should have won that that uh, that challenge.
1: Who do you think uh, between Peppermint and Wintergreen and Alexis and Ryan Stardust, who like you know who was the next top?
0: I, I mean, it, I really think you know honestly, like I, I I understood the issues of Peppermint and Wintergreen how their their looks maybe clashed. I liked Peppermint's look a lot. I I don't think the judges did, but I really liked her look, and obviously like. Wintergreen. Okay, so my notes on Wintergreen. Wintergreen. Sleeve her alone. Sleeve her alone. Wintergreen is like, she's like that aunt who talks to you like you're an adult when you're 12. You know what I mean? Like you see her at a family <laughs> party and she, she's like, I, she's like, I, I she's know. She's like
1: talking about her sex life that she totally. had, you know, the night she, before. Yeah.
0: She's the one who, she's like, if, if you if you're gay, it is okay, honey. Like it's okay. And like I think your mom <laughs> okay, will be okay with it. And if you ever want to talk, just let me know. Like,
1: have you experimented yet? Are there other gay people at your school? Yeah.
0: <laughs> right, right. Like, you know, listen. If you have questions, you can ask me. You know, like oh. that's that's who that's who Wintergreen was to me. And so obviously, I I adore Sarge out of drag, and I loved Wintergreen. I just thought, what a, I agree with Michelle, the MVP of this episode above all of them because it was just such a it was such a fabulous Oh, yeah, the most
1: spunk, the most spunk, the yeah. most kind of, like, into it and was having fun with it. You saw him blossom in yeah. drag the, more than the others. Absolutely. I mean, the others certainly did. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. The others were, like, living their truth. But there was something about his drag that was just so infectious.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I felt like, again, like, even though they looked very different, there was the things that I love about Peppermint, I was loving about Wintergreen. And those aren't necessarily visual, but more just energetic. Um, Whereas Alexis and Ryan, I mean, yes, it was like well executed, but I mean, wasn't Ryan really just wearing a version of Alexis's entrance look in the first episode? You know?
1: Well, I will say, I thought that they looked great. I thought that the tailoring was really great for one of these challenges. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, And there was a concept. Sure, it was basic, but like, and, you know, this is top six, and I get it. But, like, she definitely wasn't in the bottom two. And I don't understand why Ross was kind of pushing that narrative and kind of pushing her down the hill. Because there was a concept, at least. And, and they looked good. I thought they looked great, actually. I thought it was very 60s mod um, sci-fi. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought it was cute. Um, I, I so, thought it was certainly I was safe. Yeah. And I, he, I just... was, he, was, he was a very hard queen. To, to to make up you had the beard mm-hmm. kind of a bigger girl i you know and when she was defending herself and untucked i was kind of like all right i'm, I'm hearing this she was very humble about it but she was still I, I thought she was right on i'm like no she did a good job she there's yeah. no way she should have
0: I mean, this, this to me felt like this continuation of like, there's nothing Alexis can do that they're going to, you know what I mean? Like they're just right, not no, going to no. give yeah. her this credit. This is her story.
1: This is yeah. her story. It's like, it's like watching the lip sync between Thorji Thor and Chi Chi. Exactly. Right. It's like, well, she's yeah. not going to win. She's not supposed to Yeah.
0: Win. They're just, they're not, they're never going to give it to her. Yeah. Um, so you feel that, that Shay and Bay
1: yeah, were fairly was in the, the bottom. That was the mess, that was the messiest one. I don't think that the, the dress was as interesting um, also, they didn't really act and look that confident,
2: which yeah. I
1: thought was, you know, kind of a red flag for me. It stuck out. I mean, the fact that we saw his hairline, you know, he fixed the wig, but like, I don't know, it, was just, it wasn't, it didn't look like as much work as Alexis put
0: into it. Exactly. Well, you know, and that was what was, was interesting was was Shay looked great. I mean, Shay, you know, she was put together, but it was, and I think that was really the issue they were talking about on the judges panel was like, well, like, the attention to detail wasn't there. The workmanship wasn't there. And that really... That does make a difference. I mean, th- for some reason, like, Shay's wig looked good and Bay's looked, like, so shake-and-go. And it just felt like... I was surprised. I was really surprised because I just think that, like, Shay... These were things that I thought... Well, Shay, Shay's a better queen than this. She's not the kind of queen to leave bra straps hanging out. Like, it was... I was very surprised to see such a big difference between how well Shay looked and all of the rough edges we saw in Bay.
1: Yeah, who knows if it was produced or not or or what, but they it it certainly didn't work out for Shay. It just didn't. It just did yeah. not work out for her, which is unfortunate. I'd be I'd be curious to hear Shay's thoughts. Shaykule's yeah. thoughts on this episode, maybe the Tony Soto show she'll kind of Include some information or some tea, but um, so yeah. You know, any of our Mary's to that show, it's something to check out. See if she says anything. Um, because yeah, it's it. It was very out of character. It was like what?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I agree. I'd love to hear her perspective. Like, what did we not see? What challenges right. with him? Because I would I would imagine there were elements of that too. And maybe there were things about him that we were not seeing that made it harder. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah.
1: As for Nina and Ariana, um, you know, I j- it just. It didn't read girl. It read boy in a bunny costume for when with with Aaron. I mean, Nina looked good except for the ears. You know, I thought that was a good point, but it was just like wet and right. not very polished. But um, it also, you know, they didn't have much time because they yeah. were putting it together quickly. You know, a lot of time was wasted on the sewing, which is unfortunate because I wonder how good it would have been. Um, but yeah, it just was boy in bunny costume for me. There wasn't much illusion.
0: Yeah, and it 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 looked rough. I really think that maybe she should have, or you know, could have, you know, chosen something that required less detail. You know what I mean? Like, I think choosing, you know, she could have done this like bunny illusion, but maybe, you know, I mean, I think when I saw the preview of like the Makeover Monday, she does this bunny thing that's just black and white. It was like, well, maybe maybe that would have been a better idea. You know, like yeah, yeah, because this it, it felt it was definitely of the you know, and obviously again, like what Nina does compared to other Queens is still like amazing. Like the fact that she comes out with a fucking bunny look, but this felt like one of the roughest, um, yep. makeup jobs that she had done on the, on the show. And of course, yeah, you know, yeah, it didn't go with the look at all. Like the, you know, the bodysuit, you know, it, it didn't match. It didn't, there was the no connection. Away. Yeah. There was no yeah. connection. So, okay. but I feel like at that point it was like, she probably was like, we just gotta wear something. Like at that point, Nina's just she know she knew she was going home, you know. Yeah.
1: And I think at the end of the day, they put Shay in the bottom. They could have put Alexis in the bottom, but they put Shay in the bottom because, you know, they knew that Shay was gonna win. Mm-hmm. Um and it was it was a better storyline to put right. Shay versus Nina because of what's been going on. Mm-hmm. Um I will say it was it was not the best song to lip sing to, although I if I was lip singing to this, I mean I would have I mean, whenever the music drops, right, I would have been kicking, I would have been turning, I would have been yep. spinning. I mean, yep. I would have, I would have, to quote center stage, I would have danced the shit out of it, <laughs> uh, Yeah, which, which, which nothing happened. It was, it was very kind of polite um, on Shay's part.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that Shay, she did everything she needed to do, but like, she she knew that Nina wasn't going to give her, you know, anything to sweat about, you know? And right. and there was an element of that too. And I guess it's an interesting theme that we've seen this season of like queens who are willing to go out without a fight, you know? Um, and, and it says something about season nine. I mean, you compare this to someone like Kokomon trees She lip-synced four times and down to the last time she lip-synced, she put up a fight, you know? Slave. Completely. And I think that, it's really interesting with charlie valentina and nina that they're like yeah i just i, I don't I'm, i don't have enough fight in me either. or i'm i'm just not either I, either willingly i'm not going to try or they they just their own inner saboteur gets in the way or whatever it's just really interesting and and what that maybe says about what queens know about what happens when you go when you go home mm. on drag race you know what i mean Interesting. It's like interesting. well maybe i like I'm still gonna have a career. It's still gonna be fine. I was still on the show, so I'm not gonna like try really hard and then like look like a fool. I'm just gonna like. I'm not gonna try. That's unfortunate. You know? That's unfortunate.
1: Yeah. yeah, they're kind of using the platform for what it is. Yeah. Kind of like a Magnolia Crawford, where she's just like, you know, I'm just on here for exposure. Right. Uh, kind of. It kind of reminds me of that kind of cop out. So. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, and then you you
0: compare that to like when Trinity Taylor was lip syncing against Charlie, and Charlie's just standing there, and Trinity is just like. She's, yeah. she's giving it as if she's got her toughest opponent she's an entertainer she's yeah. an
1: entertainer That at the end of the day they said this in Untucked like our job is to entertain and, and you know what we want to see amazing lip syncs I will right. say this even if it's a terrible song you fucking make it an amazing song
0: exactly exactly like you you I mean again they talk as you said they talk about this on Untucked their job is to entertain they are that is their purpose they know what they're on this show for they're there to make a TV show and it's no more obvious than this episode in which we see the crew of the TV show involved and so like that's your job that's what you've been hired to do and like so it I I understand Trinity's frustration on Untucked of like you know if, if Shay deserves to stay then you need to like you know, then she'll beat you. But like, you need to just like do your part as well and still entertain. And it's uh, it's just it's such an interesting dynamic to season nine. Um, and I'm very curious to see if that trend continues to season ten of this byproduct of the self awareness of making a TV show. So as you know, before we jump into Untucked, I think I think I we have to talk about the moment that so many people in Reddit have been like mentioning, and I feel was like a surprising emotional moment was when rupaul said nina bonina brown andre charles
1: oh god
0: i mean i didn't see that coming and talk about the long con she had that she had that shit going the entire episode and then just gut punched <laughs> with that i mean i that's
1: the true long con yeah, yeah. She, oh. every single time she says nina's name Mm-hmm. It was a different name. Is and it... then she says, oh, God, beautiful. I, beautiful.
0: I mean, I, my eyeballs popped out and it was just champagne of tears. I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. It was so perfect. And so, I mean, I don't know how much you uh, could hear at that time, but, like, that was the kindest way that RuPaul could have sent Nina home was saying you're part of mm, my family now. You know, uh, you you do uh, belong somewhere, you know.
1: oh. Uh, uh. I know I'm somebody
0: I'm somebody I'm somebody Ugh. yeah just you know and and what echoes that is you know when Nina had the the what you pack interview with Michelle one of the things she said to Michelle I'm sorry honest.
1: but even if even if the Atlanta queens reject her RuPaul's like no honey yeah you're with me honey
0: yeah Ugh. you belong here God. yeah Come but, oh, but sorry, what she, no but what she had said to Michelle was like thank you for not reading me for filth like you you recognize that like and like you're very blunt and you knew that you could have broken me and you didn't and you chose to like recognize my sensitivity and you know they did this which
1: we've talked about before they do this with the queens they know who who trinity they did this with
0: they did this with kimchi you know they just there's it's like it's recognizing like me being tough on you isn't going to help you it's only mm-hmm. gonna break you, and there are certain people there are certain queens that that's just how it is. There are some queens right. that need you to be tough on them, you know, and I you know who need to hear it at that level and i I thought that was just really interesting to see that recognized that like they knew that Nina was a sensitive soul and if they wanted her to succeed, you know and right the way to do right. that as
1: opposed to as opposed to like a laganja. Who probably was coddled her whole life? Mm-hmm, exactly. Where they were like, "No, we're going to be absolutely blunt with you because nobody ever has been." Exactly. Where I feel yeah. like with Nina, it's like Nina. I don't think Nina's ever had someone be on her side. Yeah. Well,
0: she said this in the very first episode that like she just needed people to believe in her. Like that's. Uh, so she just needed. Oh, someone that breaks to believe my heart. Yeah. Uh. Um. So yeah, I mean, it was really. Uh, it was a kind way to to send Nina sashing away.
1: And, I, and it, I hope we're all in agreement here that, like, Nina needed to go. Yeah. We needed to see her go. Yeah. There's nobody else that needed to go home this episode.
0: Nope. Yeah. This was the time for her to go. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. She, need, she needed to go home last week. But, you yeah. know, shena- shenanigans.
0: Shenanigans happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Untucked. Uh,
1: okay. I mean, I first I have to say going to your theory about the people that talk first and untucked that go Mm -hmm. home next week. Mm -hmm. Alexis talks first.
0: Yep. Well, yeah.
1: Nina talked first last week.
0: Yep. And they talk about, I got to stand out. I need to show like something happens to them. The next episode that Easter egg has often proven true. And I noticed that as well. I was like, I mean, without jumping that boom, boom gun, like that's really going to be the story for next week is like Alexis, like you have been given all of your chances. So KK, KK, like you, you need to be the boom, boom gun or else Mm -hmm. like your ass is going home. Uh, I mean, speaking of queens who were the boom, boom gun, I got to say Peppermint out of the wig with the big old door knocker earrings, as Shay was saying. Beautiful. I love oh, she's
1: gorgeous. She's that, gorgeous. Gorgeous. I was like, oh, this. I want Chad sell. I want Chad sell to create that.
0: Yes. Oh my God. I just loved her without the wig, but in the full drag, it was just yes, beautiful. Really fantastic. Um,
1: um, all in all, you know, I felt like there was a sense of humility in Untucked. Here, there was a sense of like, okay, we know Nina's going home. Yeah. They all kind of seemed very relaxed. Um, and what I also really appreciated and loved is that they just kind of ignored that Nina had disengaged. And yep. I, and you know what? It's fine. That's exactly what Nina needed and exactly what she wanted. And I didn't think it was awkward at all. I was happy about it. Mm-hmm. Needed Nina needed to just close. And yes. as an introvert myself, like, yes, that is – sometimes we just need to listen and chime in whenever we want. But sometimes we just need to be quiet. Like, shut up. I'm in my head. Mm-hmm. Or I just need to be quiet right now. I'm going to lay back. I'm not a part of this. Yeah. And I love that that's what happened. I love that.
0: Yeah. I mean there was really this sense of like – it's almost like they all knew. They every Everyone on that couch knew, like, just leave her alone. She's going to go home. Let's just – have this conversation we're supposed to be having, you know, and it wasn't really until Nina engaged with them that they engaged with her.
1: Yeah. Right. And of course, you know, they, they were all trying to fix her and save her and plead with her, which isn't what she wanted to do. She was just like, Hey, I know you're all going to read me, but I just have to say this. It's like, okay, let her say this. And I loved Peppermint. Peppermint okays her, which I thought was the smart. She's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's where it should have ended. But then Shay pleaded, you know, I, I was just kind of like, no, we can't engage with this. this. Right. That's not what she needs. Right. And that was a
0: really interesting moment because it was like Shay was basically, I mean, again, talking about these queens knowing they're filming a TV show, Shay was like, listen, I don't want people saying that Shay just won this on a technicality. Like, right. I need I need you as as another cast member of this TV show to help create a better moment. And mm. it was, it just, it was if if there wasn't that awareness, I don't think there would have been as much engagement. But they were all coming at Nina from like, "Hey, we're, we're filming a TV show here. You can't just tap out." And it was um, it was it was really interesting. And you know, and there was really interesting response on Reddit um, from some people about peppermint and really how over Nina's attitude she was, and and being of this place of like, "Oh God, do we have to keep doing this? Like, you need to snap out of it." You know, there were some people on Reddit who were just like, you don't, you don't just snap out of it. You can't just like, that's such an insensitive response to somebody who's depressed. But it's like,
1: but I, to me, what this mm, is. This- I feel like Peppermint was, uh, I was hope, maybe hoping that her sentiment was more like Shay, Trinity, Alexis, like stop engaging yeah um but and, yeah i guess yeah. it was directed towards nina it was directed towards nina so and but I, yeah and, sh- they're, and they're absolutely right you can't just snap out of that no and i
0: think what it what what that just showed me was really just you know and we've already really touched upon this it's just the complexities of everybody involved in that situation and the limits of the people around this person not knowing how to respond and not knowing what to do about right. it and, right. and again
1: very season nine where they it's RuPaul's best friend race, and they all want to help, and they all want to fix, and it's all nicety, and they're resisting the the internal struggle, the battle, the cat fight that is, is being promoted, which is the inner saboteur breaking this amazingly talented uh, queen down.
0: Right, so. and do we just let this happen? And it's like, well, yeah, you do. Yeah,
1: you let it happen. You yeah, do. we want to see that fight. We got to mm-hmm. see that fight. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's what needs to happen. Um, yeah. You know, and thank God they brought in some cheeseburgers and mac and cheese balls. Uh, you know. Oh, my God.
1: I love that you noticed that Alexis <laughs> dropped the mac and cheese. If anybody is not on Twitter, Colin is brilliant. Colin noticed that uh, Alexis drops her mac and cheese ball in the dip <laughs> and then fishes it out. And he said the most perfect thing. He said, Subway fish it out.
0: Right? <laughs> thank you you know i'm I'm very intelligent because i dressed up as a girl when i was three so you know (laughs) you know being so intelligent
1: (laughs) Um, oh i just love that yeah because let me tell you mary yes my fingers would have gone in there oh nails and all totally i just was like oh god losing that
0: no i i love i love an appetizer table i love apps Uh, i I have dropped yes finger foods i have dropped plenty of finger foods in sauces i've been like what do i do about this how do i solve this because i'm not no (laughs) yeah yeah, no mac and cheese ball left behind i was like (laughs) i'm not not without my mac and cheese ball you know
1: put that on a tote bag Not without my <laughs> mac and cheese ball, Mary. Oh, my God. Yeah,
0: so I just, uh, I, I recognized that moment. I was like, oh, God, we've all been there. Oh um,
1: uh, Yeah, you know, so perfect moment, perfect timing. Vegetarian options for Sasha. And I was like, yes, we're mm-hmm. vegetarian. I know, um, right? You know, I, don't, I don't have much to say about um, what happened in the rest of Untucked, except that there's one moment that I know you loved.
0: Um, well, there was, you know, in terms of notes I have, in terms of tote bags, I kind of want to make a tote bag that says, thank you, five. Um, okay, I, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that, uh, I mean... Th-
1: can I, can I, can, can, I, can yeah, you want to guess which I think,
0: one? I think I'm arriving at the same moment, so you go for it, yeah.
1: So Sarge says, if you're that scared of it, then you probably need to do it.
0: Oh, I did. That wasn't what my note was, but I did love that moment. And of course, coming from Sarge, I was just like, oh, Sarge where do you want me to start a bridal registry? Like, (laughs) anywhere is fine. Um, Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I love that sentiment. I have lived by that sentiment. I have, uh, I believe it to be not just psychobabble bullshit. It's entirely true that if it scares you, that's probably the sign that you need to do it. And Mm. what's so fabulous is that it's, we, we hear that from somebody who, who was the MVP? Who who proved that to be true more than anyone else? Like right. what we what we got from Pep from from Wintergreen was such a fabulous result of something he was afraid of. So uh, a really yeah. a, he he was definitely practicing what he was preaching, and we saw the, the benefits of that. Sure. Um, the moment that I I really was drawn to was the crew in drag watching the lip sync and the elimination. Oh. Oh. And and while I recognize there's always a little bit of an element of it, I don't want to say produced, but staged a little bit. I recognize that. What I loved about this so much was that like these and it was really just this this is not about gay and straight and it was about these these guys recognized how hard these queens are working. They've watched them week over week. They've seen the hours of footage of them putting so much time and effort into what Brady says earlier is like, they are expected to do everything. No show that he's worked on has asked the contestants to do all of the shit that these contestants are asked to do. And they know how hard this is. And as they say, like this means the world to them. And I just felt like the empathy that we were watching in that moment, especially with like Aaron tearing up all that was so even in a somewhat staged moment was so true to me. I thought nobody understands what these queens are going through more than the people who've been watching them day after day after day, wow. you know? And yeah. I just thought it was, you know, it was just, it was a really, I was surprised like how meaningful that moment felt. And I really, I didn't care that these were straight men watching gay men. I just thought I, I loved that the, the contestants were getting an appreciation for how hard they were working from people who knew better than anybody else. And I'm glad yeah. we got to see that, you know.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah, that's a really, way, a really great way of putting it. Uh, so that's Untucked. Uh, and that's the episode. Yeah. Uh, it was, you know, it was a pretty good episode, even though we knew what was going to happen. I hope that our analysis helps our Marys kind of maybe appreciate the, the episode a little bit more. I know that many people – the response we got um, just via some of our emails – was that uh, people really appreciated this makeover challenge uh, more so than the uh, than the past seasons? I mean, going back to our original list, uh, this certainly was the best one for me. With um, maybe the gay servicemen being a second for me, mm-hmm. and then and then drag my wedding, which I you know unfortunately didn't like at first, but then realized I loved. Um, and then, uh, jocks and frocks. And then, uh, I love the little women episode. Um, yeah, I don't know. Dilfs Dills was very forgettable for me. So,
0: I mean, until that lip sync, you know, the only reason we watched oh, it was because sure. of, it's the sure. Latrice lip sync. This is definitely sure. a makeover challenge. I would, I would certainly watch again. This is an episode I, yeah. would, re- I would revisit, you know, I, I Every time I watched the episode, that moment with, with Wintergreen and Kesha, where they, and they were all just, like, losing their shit. Oh,
1: they were just dying. It was yeah, just right. pure
0: joy. Like, that was so funny to me. And I, I think that really captured a spirit of this episode. You could tell there was something special about this, not just, like, for everybody involved, you know, because yeah. it was all family. Yeah. And that, oh, that came from it. It was
1: all family. Oh, and I love that about the lip sync. The lip sync that they did to Click Clack, like, it had nothing to do with anything. It was such a throwaway. But it was just because they wanted the crew members to be on stage a little bit longer.
0: Yeah. And it would be a fun memory for them all to have documented. Yeah, exactly.
1: I just loved it. It just seemed like such a celebration to me.
0: Exactly. I think that's a really good way to put it. This episode felt like a lot of celebration. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to move into predictions, and mm. I, but before we go into predictions, I want to talk about what it means that Trinity got a third win. Mm. Um, I went through some stats, and I want to just kind of go through the past winners or the past people that have won three times throughout this series. So the first person, obviously, is Tyra Sanchez. Tyra Sanchez won three challenges, and she went on to win the crown. Mm-hmm. The next season, it was Alexis Mateo, Manila Luzon, and Raja, That's all three right. of them. Got three wins. Okay. So if you have three wins, you're destined for the top three at this point. Mm. Sharon Needles, the only queen to win four challenges. That's right. Four challenges, Sharon Needles. Okay. And she won the season. Season five, no one won three challenges.
0: There was so much
1: talent. There was so much talent. Yeah, it was just kind of spread evenly with, with two wins uh, for a lot of them.
0: I think with season five, what people talk about a lot, though, is that Jinx Monsoon was in the top like eight weeks in a row.
1: Oh, sure, sure. So there was yeah. that
0: element of like her record without winning was still like one of the best.
1: She strong, yeah. right. Yeah. So And you can say the same about Shay. Mm-hmm. Um, so season six, it was Adore and Bianca. Both had three wins. Really? Adore had three wins? Yeah. The wow. the wins. Because what were the ones? Check the tapes. Her... Check the tapes. All right. Yeah. No.
0: I um, I I no. I guess she won the makeup challenge. She won the ball, and she won. Um, yeah, I'll check what the other one was. Oh, oh, okay. I didn't realize that.
1: You want me to find out what it is? Yeah, I'd be curious you're...
0: what the other one is. I'm trying to like I'm going through the role. I mean, we we recap season. I don't know why I can't think of what the third one was. Um, so
1: so she won the. The sixth week, the seventh week, and the eleventh week. So the eleventh week was uh, the glitter ball, mm-hmm. and she won the lip sa- uh, the the rap challenge, which was six.
0: oh, that's right. She won the rap challenge and the makeup challenge. That's right.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's wow. that. What was the makeup challenge?
0: That was the one where they filmed the commercials, and she and Laganja oh, Glamazon.
1: Are... Oh, right with with uh, right, and she won it for Laganja. Right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Shade. Yeah. Um,
1: so season seven, Violet Chachki was the only one that won three.
0: Really? Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Well.
1: Season eight. Season eight. Bob the drag queen. Only one that won three. Wow. Wow. All stars. Alaska. Only one that won three. Wow. And then obviously this season it's Trinity and Shay that have three wins.
0: Wow. Well, you know that'll be interesting then to see next week. I mean.
1: If Shay wins.
0: If Shay. If, if Shay four. wins, yeah. I mean, or if Sasha yeah. wins it. I mean, because. It makes next me week- think
1: that Sasha's going to win because then Sasha would get three. Yeah. It would be crazy if Peppermint won it, right? Because then that, you know... Because next week is either Peppermint or Trinity. Yeah, going well, Peppermint or Alexis that's going to go home.
0: Yeah, because next week is the ball. Um, so, Oh, that's going to be
1: Alexis. Yeah,
0: it's a lot of looks. Yeah, and yeah, I just think like, that, like, that's something where she I... She hasn't
1: have, been doing well on the runway. She just hasn't. No, no. She hasn't been doing no. well on the runway.
0: My prediction is that Sasha's going to win next week because looks, I mean, she... Uh. Especially like creating a variety of looks,
1: so diverse. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I just think that
0: she's going to have that in the bag. Um, right. I, I do. So think top next...
1: three. Top three is 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 uh, Trinity, Shay, and um, Sasha. That's it, right?
0: I. That's that's my call. Yeah. I mean, I think Alexis is probably going to go home next week. Um, yeah. I think it's time for her too. Um, though, I, you know, I'm curious because the way that they're talking about, like, I saw the preview, the commercial preview. and It was like. They're having the ball, and I'm trying to remember kind of like season eight. So because season eight, they had, it was top five, Derek went home, and then, that's right, then they go to the top four with the video challenge. And it's, I guess I'm just kind of feeling a sense of like, oh, man, there's something about the queen who gets the top four, but doesn't get the top three that always makes me a little bit sad, like Mm -hmm. Chi-Chi, even Kennedy Davenport, you know, and it just makes me sad like, oh, is that going to be Peppermint? Ugh, you know?
1: Yeah, I think it will be. I think it will be. It would be crazy uh, if it wasn't Shay. And it would be crazy if it wasn't Trinity. Uh, the only one now, that would be replaced would be Sasha. And I think that would be more heartbreaking.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because Sasha has earned it. Though, I, you know, I think that brings us to a really interesting point from Sister Mary Jonathan. Oh, Jonathan. Oh, God. Yes. You know, and talking about, like, his prediction was that the, of, the, of those top three, he had kind of the same thing of, like, Trinity, Sasha, and Shay. And as far as he was concerned, the only one who definitely wasn't going to win was Sasha. And that's probably a good thing because you know, tethering her to the RuPaul's Drag Race platform and brand really limits what she could do on her own and what perspective and what brand and what point of view and what platform she could build on her own. And I thought that that was a really interesting point. I think he's 100% right.
1: I think Um, that metaphorically though, for drag in this world and RuPaul kind of breaking the brand that she's kind of getting flack for, it would be amazing if we had Sasha Velour be the winner.
0: I would be thrilled if she won. I think, what, when I think of what Jonathan was saying, I think that's what, there's a real consolation in that. That if she sure. doesn't, it's like, oh, okay, I guess that's fine.
1: Oh, it's, yeah, it's fine. She'll, Yeah, I, I see what you mean. I see
0: but certainly, mean. I I mean, we've said this before, that like what Sasha represents about drag, for that to be chosen as the winner of the season, mm. would be so cool. I mean, at this point, though, I gotta tell you, I would not be that disappointed to see Trinity win either. Because she has, much like Violet Tchotchke, she has earned it. She has shown up for each challenge, and more than Violet Trotsky, honestly. Like
1: I don't know, man. If Shay doesn't take this, and it's not, it was. Listen, if it's not Sasha, I really, really want it to be Shay. I love Shay Cooley.
0: I, I mean, I, I, she's someone from the start that I thought I had pegged as a front runner, and I saw her having all of the elements you need to win Drag Race and to be a Drag Race winner.
1: Yeah, I just think you know? she, I I like her drag a lot more than Trinity's. I mean, I, I appreciate what Trinity's done in this competition, and I think she's played it like a harp, but I there's just something about Shay's drag that I just find so much more entertaining, and I think she's also more relatable to me. Um, mm, I to me, I, I would rather hang out with Shay than Trinity. I mean, not sure. that I wouldn't hang out with Trinity. I think Trinity's a riot, but I Shay just seems like such a such a cooler queen, such a, a a queen that doesn't take herself too seriously and kind of sees drag for the art that it is, that it's, you know, gender fucking.
0: Yeah. I mean, really, it's it's interesting as we get to these, you know, if we assume these are the top three, there are things I could appreciate if any of them won. Like, I wouldn't be yeah, heartbroken. Okay. I mean, all of them, because I agree with you. Shea is a fantastic queen. I think that she's, she is, uh, she's a great representation of drag. I think that she's, obviously her track record this season has been great and she's earned it but i could be as excited about seeing either her or the other two winning at this point
1: okay that's fair uh, well, we should move on to the last chance lip sync, which I believe is yours.
0: Well, certainly, before we get there, we should let people know if they want to reach out to us how exactly they could be doing.
1: Oh, very good, Mary. So yeah. if you uh, if you have any thoughts and predictions, uh, like Sister Mary Jonathan, uh, we would love to hear them and interact with you. So please email us at allrightmarypodcast at gmail dot com, or if you want, you can reach out to us on Twitter at allrightmary.
0: Because we are, as we record this, we are hovering at almost 300 followers. You could be that 300th follower. That could be you. <laughs> um, so imagine what that could be for you. Uh, and of course, while you're at it, you know, there's always uh, heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating, leaving us a review, letting us and other people know that you're out there and you're you know, picking up what we're putting down, because that always makes a big difference. And thank you to everyone who's done that so far. I've said it before, I'll say it again, it bears repeating, it means a lot so uh it bears, repeating. It bears repeating uh and and that of course brings us to last chance lip sync which is where we like to highlight a song every week that we would love to lip sync we'd love to see queen's lip sync we just think has lip syncable qualities and i chose one this week that was really in theme i think we with this idea of blurring gender lines and masculine and feminine and different representations and this is a bit of a deep cut but it's um it's this uh, I don't know if they're Brooklyn-based, but it's this uh, this little band called Parenthetical Girls, and they're they're very it's very queer electro pop kind of stuff. But uh, there's there's this great sense of drama to their their music. There's this great performability to it, and uh, the song that I've chosen today is called "Careful Who You Dance With." It's it's got all of the elements of of a drag queen in brooklyn perhaps where i will be by next week's episode maybe that's also why i'm picking this <laughs> this is my final episode in sacramento and so wow. uh i'm super excited and so i leave i leave you with parenthetical girls careful who you dance with and until then marys bye Be oh, you see
2: you later somebody's bound to get his head